Hey, hey, hey. You've tuned in to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, I talk with conductor Christopher Allen. Uh, Chris and I met a few years ago at LA Opera. He was um, conducting with James Conlon for a couple seasons. He's a great conductor. He's a young guy, just turned 30. He's conducting all over the world now. He's making his debut at Washington National Opera this season, 2016. Um, and I uh, gave him a call, and he came over. He's a really uh, great guy, really interesting. We had a nice, long conversation for about an hour, and then, of course, after the mics were turned off, we had another conversation for about an hour, which seems to happen a lot. So I'm still trying to figure that out. Maybe I'll have him back and see if I can squeeze out some more information. And he's got a lot of great stories, and uh, he's a very interesting guy. And I think you'll notice in this um, episode, it's a little bit... Um, awkward in the beginning. It was really strange because we had a great conversation in the kitchen downstairs before we headed up to the office. And, uh, you know, it happens a lot. When we turn the mics on, everything gets a little stiff. So I'm still trying to figure that out too. But we talk about it in the interview, and I think it's, um, has offers a little bit of insight into how things go for me, uh, you know, as I'm learning how to do this. So Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the chat, and uh, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. Are you serious? Yeah. That's unbelievable. So it was, it was funny. Well, that's awesome, man. So you were out, what were you, you were conducting Elixir, you said? Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. And it's great. I feel like I've been doing. Are we going now? Is yeah. This, but oh, this oh is it. okay. Um, <laughs> it's what it's what it's something that I do. Okay. And you sneak the the play. You know, yeah. Record. You know the thing is, is I mean, like you said, you've heard the podcast already, so it's yeah. just, um, you know, it's just a conversation. Yeah. Honestly, and we can always go back and cut things out if you say, you know, like so that, so that's so not going to work. Just a total or, or I'll get or fired. Yeah. For yeah. This yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I. Uh, I do a lot of bel canto uh-huh. music uh-huh. for some reason, um, and I love doing. Um, my phone, my phone is beeping. Yeah. Um, I love going uh, to new places and doing like repertoire that I love, and I love the elixir of love. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you met that's, and you said that's where you met Ben's mom. Yeah. How long was so, she in the chorus? Do you know? I think forever. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I think she was there at the start of the company. That's uh, awesome. And it's a great company. Just like we were talking about Cincinnati Opera. Yeah. Um, they just, oh God, a little pressure. Um, that's <laughs> what my Kansas, doctor says. In Kansas City. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of support for the arts. They, they built not too long ago, the Kaufman center. Yeah. Um, and it has the same sound engineer as Disney. Oh, wow. Okay. And except it was built after Disney. So, um, the acoustics are just incredible. Fantastic. The Kansas city symphony is like incredible. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good orchestra. Their fees are really good and they get really great singers. Mm -hmm. All my singers, uh, just came from, you know, singing Figure Out the Met and uh, all these really great companies. So um, it's a great place to go. Yeah, and, and UMKC conduct. in itself is a great, has yeah. a great and music Yeah, and so that's actually, and speaking of choruses, mm-hmm. uh, they have a great chorus because they're all the students at the conservatory mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I'm just realizing this, that 
you get nervous when you know that like you're being yeah i know the conversation changed, changes yeah i, I like, have the same i have the same problem i, I like really the do weird thing is and i and i realize and because i i've been thinking about this a lot that um i'm someone that is more of an introvert than an extrovert even though i appear to be an extrovert because i'm a conductor sure, and stuff sure, like that. Sure. yeah but like i'm someone that has always let my um work speak for myself you know like I, I i've never been one that like wants to necessarily talk about what i'm doing or my accomplishments or whatever you yeah, know that's so, that's ab that so you know i, I realize yeah. i'm sitting here and as soon as you said you we're know recording. we're recording I'm like oh fuck like this is totally different <laughs> i know we were having a, a conversation downstairs in the kitchen and it is different and i this I think this will be my eleventh episode, uh -huh. and I really struggle with it. And I'm the opposite. I'm a real extrovert. And uh, a buddy yeah, of mine, okay. you know, a buddy of mine said, "Hey, why don't you do this podcast? You know, between the people I know and the people that you know, and you could have hundred. I mean, we really, you know, yeah. you and I, you and I both know hundreds of people. That would of be course. interesting for something of like course. you know, something yeah. like this, right? Yeah. And um, and I, I feel like I'm a very social person, and, but yeah. I have the same problem when I turn on the microphone. Yeah. So I'm trying, that's why I kind of try to sneak it in, but it, it, like, it never, it never it really never works. works cause, cause the funny thing is I sense something changed with and me. you. I know. And then I, some, you know, I know. And, and it's funny cause you're right. We were just having a conversation downstairs and it was like, as the conversations you and I would have at LA opera. Yeah, exactly. In between in the hallway, yeah. whatever. And yeah, but it's funny how this, this totally changes everything. Um, so anyway. I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, we were downstairs in the kitchen. I thought, oh man, this is exact. this is going to be, this is exactly the kind of conversation that, that I want to have. Yeah, and then yeah. you turn on the mics and, but yeah. you know, and the other thing so is we'll it's because it. you realize everything you say, it's being uh, looked at or heard like almost through a microscope. Yeah. That's why I always say to my guests, um, I don't even like to call people guests. I mean, even that seems a little contrived, but um, I've cut things out. Yeah, I'll say it. Yeah, yeah. If people say, you, you know, we, I, I talked with uh, a buddy of mine, Eric Whitaker, who you, I don't know yeah, if you know. I, or, I watched the, or I listened to yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the podcast. So we talked about some things that you uh, weren't Yeah, neither of us could. Yeah. I was like, no, that's not You know what's funny? Work. As a conductor, you're able to get away. You could do your work and people see who you are on the podium, which is always a reflection for you are as a person. Sure. You do your job, you conduct your performance, and you go home. Mm -hmm. You're able to, it's not live a double life, mm -hmm. but you're able to just be the conductor and then go home. I think that's true for a lot of people, though. Don't yeah. You think? I think for most professions, I would think. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but I know what you mean, especially in a... Um, you know what we do i think is pretty rarefied number sure, one and sure. um people have certain um preconceptions i think of people of people sure. in entertainment and people in classical music in particular uh -huh. um that's another thing that drew me to this project that i'm working yeah. on with the, pro with the podcast because I, the people that i know um who are pretty famous so, some some are pretty famous in the pop world too they they're actually just they're just like you and me. Yeah, they put their course. pants on of one course. leg at a time. Absolutely. And I th and I I like demystifying that. I like talking to people who have succeeded in their careers and especially in careers that are so difficult to be successful in. Sure. Um, because they're usually just pretty interesting people yeah. outside of what they do. Sure. Um, I mean, I think also in this profession, people who are um, 
super successful are people that have found out who they are right and what makes them them mm -hmm. uh, both as a person and as an artist mm -hmm. and uh um and that, i mean that's all we have to offer you know um and because you, you should never want to be anybody but yourself but that's right pe people will sense something isn't right you know uh you know i i'm a fairly young guy mm -hmm. uh but it, luckily i feel I, I feel very fortunate to be working in really great places making really great music and great art with really talented people and I don't get too nervous because the things that I can control, which isn't much, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is your uh, ability to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And that everybody has control over. I don't care how busy your schedule is. Everybody has the capability to be prepared if they want. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but who they are uh, as a person and as a musician, that, that we are in control of. Mm -hmm. So you have to hold on to that. You know, I feel like I've never been, um, everybody deals with jealousy. I mean, that's just a, a natural human. Yeah, human, human yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I've never wanted to be anybody else but me. And that, that might sound actually a little arrogant as I say this, but I know that myself on the podium is what is unique. My training, the way I think about music, the way I feel music, the way I've studied, where mm -hmm. I've studied, who I've worked with, mm -hmm. that all affects who I am as a conductor. Mm -hmm. And that only, um, I, I become who I am when I just acknowledge who I am. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny is that you, you listed all of the, the qualities, the qualities that you have, and and they're, um, you know, I've worked with you a few times, and the thing that I I think sets you apart is your. I didn't pay him to say that, by the way. No, well, no, I, I'm I'm really honestly, it's the it's your deportment, it's uh -huh. the way that you treat your colleagues, yeah. it's the way that you treat the 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 way you set the tone within the environment, yeah. which makes um, which facilitates a very good performance, very good yeah. rehearsal. We go, you know, I go home feeling good about the work that I just yeah. did when you rehearsed well, with I, us. I, I do really appreciate that because you wonder... And you can't teach that. The you, things you that you wonder, mentioned, you can teach. Yeah, yeah. You always wonder um, how you're being perceived. Mm -hmm. And that's tough because, you know, uh, people don't tell you, you know, how yeah. you come across in a rehearsal or whatever yeah, the case yeah. is. Uh, but, you know, I, I think with that, my love for making music is always at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we all have egos, and sometimes uh, an ego is a good thing yeah, yeah. Uh, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but when all that is done and done, I love making music. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't care if, uh, and, you know, we met when I, I was assisting James and mm -hmm. Placido and things like this. Mm -hmm. Even if it was a staging rehearsal, I remember thinking, God, we are so, so lucky. lucky. Jesus Christ, isn't I mean, that the truth? I mean, we make money yeah. making music and making art. And, at and the I, highest, at the the highest, highest level. level. It's fantastic. I and agree. There's so few people that get to do that. Yeah. And so, like, I, I think that feeling, which is very real and very genuine, I, I'm glad to hear that that emanates. Uh, totally. Uh, out. Also, you know, we, we're not... Uh, performing heart surgery. That's and right. I think this I, is that's important exactly to remember. My, that's exactly because, what you know, I say too. Yeah. 
if you don't have a good rehearsal, ah, man, you know, that sucks. Yeah, but, nobody died. But, but like no kitten was suffocated <laughs> because uh, the chorus was just a little behind. You know, and, and then I've also learned, and I've, more importantly, I've witnessed if a conductor is a real asshole. Yeah. That never gets a better performance. And, and, and not only that, it de-incentivizes people sure. from performing at their best. Sure. It really does. And, and, uh, wait, where was I going with all of this? This is, uh, oh yeah. Okay. So you, the, for me, the main function of it, if you want to like uh, water it down to yeah, make yeah. people understand what we do, um, it's to facilitate the best performance out of everybody around you. Now, this includes, this is the chorus. These are your principles. This is your orchestra. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, a lot of times I get uh, the question in, in interviews or uh, different articles that they ask, what is the difference between conducting a symphony and conducting an opera? Mm -hmm. And I, the ultimate uh, goal is still the same. Mm -hmm. And that is whether you're conducting the opening of Tchaikovsky Fifth Symphony with the clarinet solo. Mm -hmm. um, it's to get the best performance out of that clarinetist mm -hmm. as you are with that, that, that wonderful soprano that's singing this. Mm -hmm. What can I do in my gesture to help her breathe better, to right. make her feel more comfortable, to be accommodating? Mm -hmm. And how do I give cues to a chorus that's like a hundred fucking feet right the back of right, the stage right, right what is it that i can do through gesture to help them come in on time mm -hmm. and, and, and foster a sense of camaraderie among, uh, as you're doing all of that and and yeah. you know and i think people can re in, in our in, in rehearsal uh, people can read people very well mm -hmm. and if if a conductor i, I felt and, and and you're you guys are a great group in la Whenever I, and, and I was the newest kid on the block when right. I showed up. Right. And I went there originally through the Young Artist Program, mm -hmm. uh, James, but I came there as a conductor. Mm -hmm. um, and very quickly, I was given a few assignments. And James, I, whether he got rid of an associate, something happened where mm -hmm. I was bumped up to be mm -hmm. the associate conductor. And um, there was no reason for you guys to like me. There was no reason for you guys to respect me. I, everybody knew I was really young. But I felt like you guys were able to read that I was genuine. I wasn't doing this for my own whatever. I was doing this because I thought it would help to better performances. Yeah. And I felt like the group got that. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I think we, we, we do. Well, we respond. Everybody responds to somebody who's enthusiastic and genuinely excited about what mm -hmm. they do. They're, you're facile at what you do. You are kind in the way that you do it. Um, you imbue people with uh, enthusiasm mm -hmm. to do what we do. And, and, you know, being a chorister, there are some people that really love being choristers. Yeah. I love being a chorister. I have other interests. I do other things. Sure, sure. Um, I, I used to, I mean, I'm a full-time musician. It's still uh -huh. what I do. Um, but the days of traveling and being a principal singer for me with two kids and a mortgage yeah. and there things, are other you know, there's just other life. things. I just, I want to be home and I want to be with my kids. But there are some... You know, there are some singers that do are jealous, or they have some bitterness, sure, or they, you sure. know, it's just it's not it's not what you study to become generally in college, which for me is a mistake. I wish that people, I wish that professors in college would teach more often the concept that if you can support yourself as a singer or a musician, you've 
that's like that's like that's the goal you've i mean succeeded in that itself yeah it's not yeah. 19th century vienna i mean sure, it's hard to, to make it of course i mean especially in the u.s right now that's you know what uh, i'm saying yeah even even 15 years ago for example city opera did how many productions exactly. a year uh la i, I it's so funny opera when, pacific when, when you walk I mean, uh, down the hallways of la opera and and you see the posters of previous seasons i mean they did what 10 12 operas exactly. i mean it's uh, and now they do six plus other other yeah. uh, smaller mm-hmm. projects, which you know they all of those projects are very important too. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. companies are evolving, and and that's a very good thing mm-hmm. um, as well. And they need to, but yeah, there's just a lot less work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you, I think, uh, I think having people come through the opera that um, are excited about what they do, they they reinforce the people who want to be there, and they also kind of turn the people yeah. that don't. So it's it's a win win. Yeah. I mean, you know, I also find, uh, and this isn't manipulative at all, but um, once again, I mean, I can't say this enough. I love what I do, mm-hmm. and um, I find this with orchestras. Uh, you know, the you have that that violist that. Uh, you know, he or she has been playing in that orchestra for 40 years. Mm -hmm. They've had every conductor walk by them and, you know, uh, they lived in a time where conductors were more dictators Mm -hmm. and not as collegial, all these Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to play in that orchestra anymore. Right. But it's a great paycheck. Their benefits are paid, blah, blah, blah. The first downbeat, I can look and I'm a very intuitive person yeah. and I read people very well. Yeah. I feel their energy. Yeah. It's a real thing for me. And I know when, when that player just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And it's very easy cause I'm very, uh, I'm affected by Empath, their yeah. energy uh-huh. and I'm the same way, man. That, but I learn it's great. And it's a curse too. Correct. Cause you, my natural inclination is try to do something to make them happy. I'm, I'm, God damn, Cause man. I think I'm, I'm a codependent. I have a codependent issues. Yes, me too. Um, and it's hard for me to really be happy, uh, and enjoy myself if, um, my mother isn't, you yeah, know what I mean? Or, me. or if my, my sister me. is going through a tough thing or my best friend is a little, it's you know, that you're not saying wife. <laughs> yeah well you know it's a good point because that's you know, the same way it's something i struggle with when my wife's in a bad mood i feel like oh my god what did i do uh, or this lauren sucks, or is what? the most even keel oh, uh, balanced stable person i know so yeah. to be quite honest i, I don't really deal that with that perfectly. you know yeah um uh but anyway so are you an only child uh, no, uh, I know. I'll get to that. I'll huh? get to that in a second. Okay. I, I I run off on these tangents, and and it's it, my conversation will go nowhere if I don't <laughs> if I don't hone these things in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find that with the violist, yeah, if I just do what I do, yeah, eventually it is impossible for a human to be given that sort of positive, good, feel good right. energy and for them not to be affected. That's Gustavo's trick too. Yeah. Whenever I'm so in the true. room with Gustavo, I'm like, Jesus Christ, uh, whatever, man. But yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. Whatever you want. Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> all these things, you know, people forgive a lot of, you know, technical issues, all these things. Of because like they are so committed to it. Well, it's you the know? same in all the arts. That's the yeah. same with singers, same with painters. Same, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd much rather, I'd much rather hear somebody crack with heart than sing perfectly all night long. That's you know, so fucking boring. I sit in rehearsals all the time and I hear great singing. Yeah. 
but so many times it's just it's boring. rare to find somebody it's who really boring. somebody who is involved in everything they do yeah and is co- they're committed to every line they sing to every move to every and you know the great artists all have this and, and this is something you know i learned more about making music from plastic oh, than yeah. anybody because you know um and i i i've been fortunate to work with him on many different pro- projects, mm-hmm. him conducting, him singing, all these things. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing, even when he flies in that night from, you know, yeah. China or something, Beijing, yeah. <laughs> um, he comes to rehearsal and he's making music. Yeah. Even if he's not so sure of the words and yeah, or it's he's being not prompted super or, great the, or whatever, he mm-hmm. is still singing music. I've never seen anybody fake it better than Plasma. Yeah. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But you know, I learned, uh, and, and, uh, I watched this documentary about him back in like the seventies mm-hmm. or eighties. He was learning some Wagner role for the first time. Yeah. And he was sitting at his piano and he was playing, plunking out, the um melody and even in the learning process mm-hmm. where he was learning notes he was still singing beautiful lines and making music and this is very important i just you know i i don't coach much uh for many reasons I, i'm i'm really busy sure. with my schedule mm-hmm. um i'm not a coach i'm a conductor but um i was working with josh Guerrero, mm-hmm. and he's somebody that I've worked with a lot. Man, and his I've, voice is exploding, he's incredible. man. I can't believe it since he's been at L.A. I remember Fantastic. hearing him the first coaching and thinking, wow, that is a special voice. Yeah. And you know what? He is so far behind in his training. Mm-hmm. He came to it late, mm-hmm. but with the right work, that's going to be a voice of our time. And, yeah. and, he, and, and, you know, as it turns out, he is. And actually, I hooked him up with my manager. We have the same manager now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have future contracts together, um, things like that. Um, but I was telling him yesterday, you know, because jo- Josh was learning and it was, um, I was preparing actually Nemorino from Elixir because mm-hmm. uh, I just conducted it. And um, he was singing very vertically and not musically. Mm-hmm. And the, it was just because he was learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. in the process of learning it. And I said, Josh, don't ever sing anything that isn't beautiful music. Mm-hmm. And after the coaching, I think something really clicked. And like, I mean, all those phrases that even though, you know, we're tweaking the language and we're doing these things, he's mm-hmm. now making music. Mm-hmm. Anyway, with Placido, I learned that there is not one bar I could conduct mm-hmm. without being involved. Yeah. Without committing to making music, there is no autopilot in that man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, you know, people argue, well, should he be doing baritone rap? Blah, blah, blah. It's not the right timbre, all this stuff. Uh, to be quite honest, Jeez. I think it's bullshit. And, I do and, too. Man. And, you know, I, I'm afraid to admit this because, you know, I'm supposed to be a man of, you know, I have good ears and I think a certain voice should sing this type of rap. I think it's bullshit because I still think watching him do, because I I was the associate conductor for Traviata Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. LA Opera. I've never seen an act two like that in my life. Yeah. Just never have. I don't, I don't care who, who was singing. Well, you Um, know, when I, when I did my little, I've told this on another podcast, but I, I don't know if you remember when I, I come, I come out and I introduce him. Oh, and, with and the, then he yeah, comes yeah, out yeah. and everybody starts applauding. Yeah, that's just a, for fucking dude, walking out walking on stage. Out. It's incredible. It's, it is incredible. It's, um, there's nobody like that. So, you know, and, and yeah, I have so many funny stories with him. 
I, I mean, I don't even know where to go. I don't, I don't know if this is even of interest, you know. Uh, but I was in Vienna with him. Uh, I was preparing Idue Foscari mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. Teatro an der Wien. Mm-hmm. And um, no, two different stories. Um, the first time I saw him on that contract was the piano dress rehearsal. And um, I stopped by his dressing room because James, uh, who was conducting the production... Mm-hmm had uh, kidney stones. Oh, right. So he calls me 10 fucking minutes before downbeat. It was like, Christopher, you have to go on because I'm not feeling well, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and I knew, I knew the score cold. It was, I told yeah, you, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm to always go. prepared, you know? Um, and I walk into the, to the dressing room and he's getting his makeup on and, you know, Christopher, you know, and, and lovely <laughs> oh, so to the, see. So you. nice to see you today. <laughs> Great, great. <laughs> and, and I remember... We I conducted it was a full run. Mm-hmm. We never rehearsed, but he was so clear with what yeah, he was he, doing and so committed that like so I didn't even so need to worry about him. Yeah, it's so a singer perfect. that I had worked with, you know, yeah. for weeks before, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have gone so well. I know he's and such, that is he a is gift. The pro. That is a gift. The other story, and he's so generous, right? I mean, he's so generous yeah. with with making sure that you're okay. Yeah. It's sure. almost like he puts everybody, everybody else, else yeah. in front, you know, in front of him. It's so true. And he's a really, he's a great um, coach that way uh-huh. on stage for yeah. everybody. Well, I think he, genu- he genuinely cares. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I think he genuinely cares about everybody, everybody in the room. And it's the not like chorus, the stars. Everybody. I mean, it's uh, Isaac, the security guard. Yes. When I, when I would leave uh, a day of rehearsal with Placido walking to the car waiting for Nikki... He, he'll stop and talk to oh, Isaac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's so important. He does that with everybody. It's so important. He doesn't prioritize this person needs to be spoken to because they're this or that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I th- and I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Something that I've learned from, not learned from him. I mean, I come from a family of, my father is a construction worker. My brother is a construction worker. My mom is a stay-at-home Mom, my uncles were firemen, like New York family. Like I, I come from really blue collar and I'm proud to yeah, say, um, cause it's always kept me humble. Cause yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I could very easily be hanging sheetrock for a living and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And that's, that's, right. that's you know, uh, a noble uh, profession, a noble profession mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's part of, you know, I'm that, the same that has way. always kept me very grounded and humble. I always saw my grandfather treat everybody the same way, and it's uh, and I've learned actually. I've you know, like everybody, you lose friendships along the way, and some are some just drift away, and some kind of blow up. And the ones that have blown up are always the people who I was friends with that treated me nicely, but everybody else terribly. Yeah, got it. And right. what I learned is that that's coming for you at some sure. point. That's the type of person that that is. Yeah. And I was not raised that way. And it doesn't, it sounds like you weren't either. You treat yeah, people absolutely. the way you want to be treated. And you hold the door for whoever is behind you. That's and, it. uh, yeah, you know, I have a, I'm very close with my mother. She's a very strong, amazing woman. They all live uh, in New York still? No. So, um, I, yeah, let's go back. A yeah. Bit. Okay. Okay. All right. So you grew up in New York. What part, well, what? I, I, I didn't really grow up in New York. I okay. was born, uh, uh, and I, my first, you know, year or so of life, Rockaway Queens. Okay. My, my, uh, I think there's a D- Dave Matthews band song, but, um, uh, you know, my mother's from Queens. Uh, my mother's from Brooklyn. My mm-hmm. dad is from Queens. Wow. Okay. 
uh, we were just talking about buying houses and stuff. Well, yeah. you know, when, when they were looking to buy a, a house in Rockaway, my dad was sitting on a spackle bucket uh, looking at the paper in New York. Yeah. You know, he was a union construction worker in New York. And um, they were looking to buy a place, but they couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my my dad called my mom and said, let's move to the Poconos. Because there was uh, Poconos is northeastern Pennsylvania, hour and 20 minutes away from, from downtown Manhattan. And you could buy a nice house for really affordable. It was in the country. It was clean. Yeah. All these things. Yeah. So we moved. And so I I essentially grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania in a New York house. That's what I always wow. say. Wow. Okay. Um, so I sort of have the country living, but very New York Easy family. Easy access. Yeah. It would be and like I growing up always, in Orange County here and coming up to the opera. Coming up to, yeah. to LA uh-huh. Opera. And my mother grew up, her father always took her to the museums and always took her to concerts and mm-hmm. always had records playing. So she did the same thing for me. I remember uh, I was addicted to sound. That's mm-hmm. the only way I could describe. It. And to this day, I'm addicted to sound. Sound makes my whole body feel something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I and I think that helps my music making cuz it's impossible for me not to react to what is coming at me, which then affects the sound I get from the orchestra, sure. so on and so forth. Sure. Um, my mother, I, I, I begged for piano lessons. Begged. How old were you? I've got a three-year-old. I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old, and I'm trying to figure out when to start. Six. Six. Uh-huh. Okay. But I think I was just... Did you have a piano in the house? No. Okay. My And, and you know, no money to get one. My dad took out an annuity loan uh to, to get a, a, a upright piano. Oh my God. And of course, you know, my, once again, my dad come, came from a very blue collar family and he couldn't see why he should take out a loan to give, you know, son piano lessons. Like what's that going to amount to? But he you did. Know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, but he I'm, did, I'm, I'm right? uh, what's the word? I'm, uh, I'm not sure if this is the exact mentality of my father, yeah, but, sure. um, but he did. And I started lessons and, and my mom always took me into Carnegie Hall. I remember hearing uh, Maurizio Polini, Alfred Brendel, oh Barenboim, all these people, uh, <clears throat> piano recitals. And I remember sitting there and just thinking, it's just the most marvelous I don't thing, know. Right? And I remember thinking at that time, like, I want to do this for a, my life. Yeah. And you were that young. And I was that young. Wow. I mean, and I'm a fairly intelligent guy. Like, I could have done a lot of things. Sure. But I never even thought about it. Now, I didn't know what I would do with, in music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it was going to be a part of my life, you know? Um, I was really practicing, and I was getting pretty damn good, if I could say so. Um, and I, it was time to audition for colleges. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to New York and live in New York. Sure. And, um, and I got into all, uh, practically every school I auditioned for. Um, and I went uh, to Manhattan School of Music for right. piano. Yeah. And solo piano. Yeah. And the greatest thing about being a... Um, Who was the teacher there? Uh, Philip Kaywin was, was okay. his name. Uh-huh. The, the biggest attraction to New York as a student the arts. I mean, sure. I was going to the Met every week. I was going to every New York Phil concert. Every time the Vienna Philharmonic would come to Carnegie, I went. Mm-hmm. All these orchestras. I was. I just 
became addicted mm -hmm. to hearing all types of music. And this never left me. I just became addicted to learning about music. And now, to be quite honest, I was a horrible student. I, <laughs> I skipped class all the time because I wasn't going to interrupt a practice session to go to class. Right, right. And, um, or I wasn't going to not go to that concert because I had my seven o'clock uh, writing class. Or how whatever. did the I mean, were you so far advanced that the teachers didn't really mind well, or how, I mean, how'd I, that, know, how'd I that pan out? I was able to get by. Um, I knew a lot of theory at that point. I was very self-taught. I mean, yeah. I, and because I have a very addictive personality. So mm -hmm. it's like, if I'm going to go to a Wagner opera, I'm going to yeah, research go the hell out of both it. Both feet in. Yeah. So I found that I was able to get by in my history classes and theory classes and, um, because, of my own work, mm -hmm. you know, which pissed the hell out of my teachers yeah, yeah, because yeah. like, you know, I well, could come in. Friends are the and, concept of their employment. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They think they're so important. Exactly. But I mean, I, and I don't mean to knock it. I mean, they're brilliant teachers sure. at that school. And I, um, um, what's great about that school is there's a lot of actual performers and composers that are teaching there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they are great teachers, but, mm -hmm. um, Anyway, I, so fast forward. I mean, at that point, I was playing a lot of recitals, a lot of chamber music. I loved making music with and people. And how old were you? Uh, 19, 20? 18, 19, wow. 20. Wow. Uh -huh. And I, I, I wasn't sure what the next step is. To be quite honest, I wanted to go to a master's degree at Juilliard or Manhattan. Of course. That's what I... Why, why wouldn't like, you? Um, in piano. But to be quite honest, I had no money. That's what that was my next question. How did you did you live in Manhattan or did you commute? I lived in Manhattan. How did you swing that? Mm -hmm. I mean, did you did your student loans? My parents took Shit, out loans. Man. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have to say, I think I'm not a father. You know, I think the greatest thing you can do for your kid, if they're passionate about something, is mm -hmm. just believe in them facilitate and it. push them That's to it. do it mm -hmm. because you know what you know my father could have said you know i could get you a job with the union right. be a journeyman could, for two years and yeah seventy thousand dollars for the rest of your life pension annuity all this stuff my dad is retired he's 55 or 56 mm -hmm. has a very you know good life yeah. you know yeah yeah you're not going to make any music and money. You know, now you, you could be offered contracts where you make that salary in one or two months. Right. But it works out, but he didn't know that, but he, he knew well, he didn't that know, he I didn't had see a the passion. Path. Yeah. He didn't see the path Correct. because it's not his business, but there, you know, but my mom knew, and my mom is really the, the, the force behind me. She knew that whatever I was passionate about and mm -hmm. set out to do that I, I would be successful at some level. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you know, I, my mother always made me feel that what, um, that I was special. Mm -hmm. well, with that being said, with that being said, there was always humility. I mean, even to this day, I'll call, I, I, I can't announce it yet, but I was just, uh, given i was just awarded a very prestigious uh conducting award mm -hmm. um and i called my mom and i told her you know i was very happy and it's a cash award and stuff and she's like you know don't forget who you are or whatever like it's always the mm -hmm. it's always don't forget 
where you come from and mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. So I, I, um, with her making me feel special, she's always you don't need that grounded other, other stuff. me. Yeah. Um, that's something that Josh Winograd and I talked about. I, I brought up the concept of bad behavior and the, and the divas of the past and how, you know, how, how he views that. And he's, you're echoing what he said, no. you know, it comes from, it comes from some kind There's of insecurity, insecurity in your life of, that they're trying the, the to overcompensate. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and when you have, a, I mean, I consider both of us to be very lucky in that it seems like we had pretty stable, uh, well, I, I wouldn't call my child stable, but I yeah, had a I mother. Yeah, and I wouldn't mine either, but yeah, there were stable but there elements were people, to our... Yeah, there were people yeah. who shaped uh, who we were in such a way that it seems like you don't have to seek it out in ways that are inappropriate sure. or harm or hurtful yeah. to other people. I think it's important to remember that with all your success, it means nothing. With your failures, or if you're going through a tough time... Mm-hmm also doesn't mean anything what i mean by that is that like we can't be too affected by a debut we can't be um too disappointed by two months that we aren't working yeah does that make sense that we need to try to live a very and sometimes stable fucking fail sure yeah absolutely well also all that's you know you know, and it's not easy these days with social media. You know, Facebook, you know, we're all addicted to it. It's the fucking devil. Because you only see... Yeah. I, if I look at my Facebook page, it's one accomplishment You're after one accomplishment. Dream, it's like, what else could this guy want? Yeah. But I don't post things that are not going well. Or I'm not posting when I have a bad first orchestra rehearsal. Or I'm not posting yeah. when I'm fighting with a director over this. Or, you know, with that being said, I, I don't generally, I get along with most directors. <laughs> I do because too. <laughs> I, I, you know, because I love the collaboration of it. And that's what we do. We collaborate with yeah. really talented, amazing people. Yeah. But, but my, my point is, it's we have this world that you just see the great accomplishments. Right. And you don't see the the negative uh sides to these things you mean just real life just real life i mean life involves some disappointment and i think it's important to like know that you know things come in cycles that's right waves of really great things but it's okay to have moments and times in your life when things just aren't going well right i mean this is very buddhist you know and um but it's all part of the process. Well, that's uh, for me. That's what this podcast is. I have mm-hmm. a, I've had a real hard time uh, dealing with failure. I'm an only child, and uh-huh. I was always taught that you know I can do whatever I want, whatever and, want. And, yeah. and sometimes it just doesn't fucking work out. Absolutely. And um, absolutely, I had a pretty major failure over the summer in South America, as a matter of fact, and uh, it was it really, really was so yeah. devastating to me, and. Does it I, still affect you today? Uh, it does in that I make sure I'm prepared, like you say. Got it. Yeah. Um, and that, that I mean, I was prepared. I just, I, there were a lot of circumstances that led to this, what I consider to be catastrophic failure, professional failure. Um, oh, let me shut the door because my... I love that. I love the sounds of real life. <laughs> Talking about real life, my, uh, my three-year-old is about to 
come in and mm. play Godzilla with us. Oh, that, that actually would probably be much more interesting <laughs> than any of your listeners listening uh, to me. I don't. So that, that's a perfect example of what just happened. So I forgot to shut the door. And if you go back and listen to the earlier podcasts, they're, you know, in my opinion, they're pretty terrible. And I like how Eric... Uh, Whitaker picks up a phone call at the end. That's it. I mean, that's fucking great because it's it. like that's real life. That's I what's mean, happening. And you know this, and and this is the thing is that um, people think uh, success at this profession that you don't have a real life. Yeah, yeah. Because people win see after you, win. they see you in the pit. They see you take that bow. They see you at the after parties. They see you, um, and that is an aspect of life. That's right. But they don't see you know me uh, being driven or driving home to a hotel. Mm-hmm. By myself right. after a performance where like you're on this high because you just made incredible music. You just witnessed your uh, your soprano yeah. sing better than she's ever sang before. Mm-hmm. The orchestra involved in making music in a way that they haven't in years. And that concert master comes and smiles and shakes your hand. And like <laughs> then, you know, I, I go home and you're like, well, what, what do you do? Yeah. I realize I put the goddamn TV on. Yeah. Because I, you don't want to feel alone. That's right. That's why so many people on the road are addicted to drugs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go, you get back to the hotel, and it's it's depressing, mm-hmm. and it's uh, lonely. Yeah, and at least you know, drugs will make you feel better. Absolutely. I mean, drugs make you feel better. Sure. So that's why people do it. So it's not easy. Um, anyway, I once again, I know I've I, we're we're going all in these circles, but uh, so I was in college, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out what to do at M- Manhattan school of music. You had to take a, like a prerequisite to graduate conducting class. Mm-hmm. And it just came very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like I was able to physicalize sound mm-hmm. just in a natural way. Sure. Um, and at that point I was a conducting teacher at the time that was like, listen, you have to pursue this. Like, mm-hmm. don't even think about it. You have to pursue it. Mm-hmm. I applied to two schools, San Francisco, cause I really wanted to live in San Francisco. Yeah, sure. Um, Cincinnati conservatory of music because my sister, uh, a violinist, huh. uh, she's actually a nun. We'll get to that in what? a sec. Yeah. Holy fucking crazy. Fuck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's so funny, you know. I, I have an older sister. She's a stay-at-home mother. My mm-hmm. brother is a construction worker. Mm-hmm. He has uh, a beard down to his belt, tattoos all over. Actually, I have a full sleeve of tattoos too, which That's... is kind of funny. People don't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now they do. Yeah. Um, and my sister is a is a sister nun, and uh, she lives in Spain. Where? Um, uh, Ber- Bergara. It's right. It's in the Basque re- region. Oh, in, okay. in the north. Yeah, and. She was studying violin there. She was like, Chris, there's a uh, full scholarship, stipend. You count an audition. It's very competitive. They accept one, two people a year. Wow. Now, I had never conducted an orchestra in my life. Had you, I mean, had you, you obviously have to take conducting classes. I yeah, mean, even but I, that's, you, but know. that's, you know, uh, that's with the piano and like whoever's in the, or, whoever's in the class bringing their violin. Right. Like it's not, it's not an orchestra. Okay. And I somehow got an audition at both these places. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody at these auditions, like, have, you know, they're much older. I was, you know, I was 20, 21. Right. Um, they've all conducted. They've gone to workshops. I never had money to do any of that stuff. But so you're a fish I, out of water. I was yeah. beyond a fish out of water. Yeah. I was a gecko out of water, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or, or, or in water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, 
I somehow got, I mean, I got on the podium without having a goddamn clue what I was doing, mm -hmm. but I still made music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the teacher saw something in that. And mm -hmm. I was offered a spot in both programs. Wow. And at that point, I, I still wanted to go to pursue, um, I got a scholarship to Manhattan School of Music to do a master's degree, mm -hmm. um, but I had no money. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple, I had no money. Yeah, I went to CCM. Um, they offered you a good. They offered me. Scholarship. It was a stipend, full paid scholarship. Wow, wow, wow. And I was sitting there in the library because the fir the first year master student, because mm -hmm. most of the people are doctoral students, and I had to run the library, the orchestra library. Mm -hmm. And one day I get a knock on my door, which is in the like the the basement of the place i mean you were like not even a human yeah, being yeah yeah and i get a knock on my door from my professor at the time he goes hey you want to make a few extra shekels i'm like hell of course you know like <laughs> i always want to make you know money right and he goes um they need to hire somebody in the opera department uh they need somebody to be able to play and coach singers and prepare operas and mm -hmm. i said well listen i don't know languages uh, I love opera, but I'm, I was there for some fun and conducting, mm -hmm. but I, I'm not really qualified for this position. Mm -hmm. But he said, okay, good. But you're the only person that we can hire in the next like week and you got the job if you want. Okay, so fine. So I, I had essentially to, I, I had like a position at, at the university and I walk into, I remember like, you know, I, I was doing Barbara Seville for the first time. I had not a clue what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I learned that I was very adaptable. I, I learned very quickly that I was a quick learner. Mm -hmm. And you have a way of getting people on your side. And I don't really know how, because that's not a manipulative no, thing. No, I know, that's no, no, just, I know. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, I, there are yeah. some people, there are some intrinsic things about people's personalities that you just cannot teach. And um, I've, I've always felt very lucky. I, like I said, I was an only child, and I, I kind of had to figure out how yeah. to be part of the team and mm -hmm. get people to rally and so i i see that as being very natural you okay. know and well, you, that's yeah good. um and i became addicted yeah to opera addicted to the voice i played thousands of hours of voice lessons just because i wanted to figure out how that worked mm -hmm. um i would sit in on chorus rehearsals just because i wanted to figure out what a chorus how mm -hmm. that worked mm -hmm. i studied lang i said you know uh, diction and languages and i learned repertoire and stuff at this point, then I was hired to be an assistant conductor at Cincinnati Opera. Wow. So and it's, it's, uh, the good thing about CCM is that you, they do, you know, six operas a year. They, they do a lot of operas. Mm -hmm. That plus my, um, my position as an assistant with Cincinnati Opera, I got a lot of repertoire under my belt very quickly. Right. And I, I was forced to learn repertoire quickly. And the, verna the vernacular of the business, too, Absolutely. which is a whole other thing. And, yeah. you know, I could confidently say I've done everything in the opera house from super titles to you know conducting the the goddamn snare drum in tosca to right. you know the harp in traviata to uh conducting backstage chorus to mm -hmm. uh you know my first gig at la opera mm -hmm. was uh, i was an assistant to james and plasso he conducted some performances too um the backstage orchestra during Giovanni, during the, the banquet scene. Oh, sure. Which is one of the scariest things anybody could ever do. Right. Now, my good friend, our good friend Jeremy Frank, mm -hmm. 
he says he's not a conductor, doesn't want to be a conductor, Please. you know, all these things. But he was like, you know what, Chris, you, you're going to do this. Yeah. You know, so um, the good thing, uh, the only good thing you can do as a backstage conductor is make sure you don't need to stop for what you do. Because that costs a lot of money, as you know. Sure. And nobody wants to have to go back and run a section just to get the backstage Right. James uh-huh. has a lot of other shit to worry about. Yeah, yeah. It came bum 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 bum. I mean, bum. were you nervous? I was you... so nervous. <laughs> so fucking nervous. And you know, and you know how the backstage is, and people don't know this, maybe listening to yeah, this yeah. podcast, but yeah. it's loud. There are stage hand moving uh huge sets of scenery across. Yes. People are talking, the production people are yeah. on their headset, yeah. it's loud. The chorus and, is fucking you know, around. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah, you're throwing shit at me. <laughs> And I have this small orchestra backstage yeah. in the, you know, in the dark with some shady ass lights. And right, stuff. right. But somehow it worked. And at the end, of it, we didn't stop. Wow. And at the end of it, James, and I, I, I didn't know James that well at that point. Now he's like family. You know, James Conlon is like a, yeah. a family member to yeah, me. Yeah. Um, he goes, good job. That was it. That's that was it. huge, and man. And I knew that, I knew that I would have a really great, Time and I've never sung anything for James that he didn't stop. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> never. He's never just said, good job. Good job. <laughs> he comes to me after and says, what do you need? <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, got it. But, you know, so that was, um, oh, that was my baptism by fire at, at, at LA Opera. And then, you know, um, but before I, I got to LA Opera, then, you know, I, uh, I was working at Cincinnati Opera. I was an assistant conductor to Robert Spano with the Atlanta Symphony. Sure. Um, but I've just been very fortunate. Then I kind of landed the job in Los Angeles. And yeah. It just so happened. It was a huge leap of faith because I was coming to Los Angeles in a position I didn't want to, to be quite Now, honest. were you married at this point? I or was. You, you were already married. I Where did you meet married. your wife? Um, high school sweethearts. You're kidding. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Yep. In Pennsylvania. For real. What? For real. Is she a musician as well? No, not at all. I, I... So did she follow you around as yeah. you went on? Yeah. When you went to Cincinnati, she moved to Cincinnati. Correct. When you moved to New York, she moved to New York. Well, no, I, I, she was going to school when I was in New York. I see. Uh-huh. So, uh, so it was after we when you went to grad Cincinnati. School. Wow. And then, you know, she was working for the same company she's working for in Los Angeles um, in, in, in Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. And so it actually worked out. She was able to move here and work for the same company in Los Angeles. What a great adventure you guys have but, had. Um, That's terrific. Uh, is she a fan of what you do? Does she? Oh, like... absolutely. She is absolutely. Uh-huh. She, I mean, she loves music. Right. Loves everything about it. Dude, it's know, the best of both I, worlds. I have to say this. I'm, I appreciate the people that I knew uh, before. I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. I love how you. I can. You can always tell who knows me um, at what stage. Uh, like for example, it was my birthday not that long ago. Yeah. The post on. Facebook, Mm -hmm. you can tell when they knew me. For example, Chris, happy birthday is uh, high school, college. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, then all of a sudden, as I start conducting, when people start calling me Christopher, I don't know when that happened. My mother and my sister call me Christopher, but no one else does. Okay. And now as I'm conducting more and as the engagements are better and better, they call me Maestro. Maestro, yeah. Um, 
Oh, that's funny. And so it's funny if you look on Facebook, you can always tell like at yeah. what point hey, somebody met me. Bitch. Yeah, like <laughs> like how the fuck are you? You know. But, um, and now you know people call me Meister, which I think is always really funny because yeah. I'm always looking over my shoulder, the looking what? for James or Placido, <laughs> or like, oh, they're here, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, I came to Los Angeles, and it's been great. I yeah. think the what I learned from Los Angeles opera, um, to be quite honest the great singers that come through here. I got to, you know, prepare all the rehearsals for Falstaff with Roberto Frontali. Jeez, yeah. You know, uh, that's something you can't be taught mm -hmm. how to do in school. Mm -hmm. You learn very quickly what you're doing. Does it work or does it not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Pat Reset goes to Versailles. You know, Pat is brutally honest. She will let you, listen, I don't know what the hell you're doing. She'll tell you, you yeah. know? yeah. I mean, luckily that that didn't happen, and and surprisingly enough, I I, I can't announce this yet, but I I have a contract with her in 2018. Fantastic. So it, it, you know that relationship has continued. Yeah. Um. So that's sort of my uh, L.A. Yeah, that's had you been to L.A. before you? Never. Are you serious? Well, no, I, that's not true. Uh, I was doing graduate work, and a friend of mine uh, lived out here uh, and came for uh, spring break. Uh huh. So you knew it a little so, bit. So, you know, uh, and that was more Orange County. So I didn't really know Los Angeles. I see. I'm sort of a, uh, you know, on the East Coast, we're not really allowed to admit how much we love LA. Does right. that make, or the yeah. West, the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like, no, that's the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I do I too. I absolutely love it. And I, I uh, is this where you're going to stay, you think? I mean, I if would love can. to. Yeah. I would love to. Because mm -hmm. um, when I do have time, you know, if I have a month off to prepare you know, for an engagement, mm -hmm. um, I feel like this is vacation. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible to you walk outside today and not yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. you're, uh, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, there, as far as the weather generally, but you know, living here can be hard too. the traffic and sure, you know, you, know, but I feel like you acc acclimate to the traffic. Yeah. Like I don't even think about it anymore. I just know that I'm going to hit it and I'm not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah affected now why why don't you have an east coast accent i've been wanting to ask you um, that did you work on it it's you know it's funny i i don't know <laughs> i <laughs> maybe don't think i've ever thought Ohio, about it. Maybe. do do i no i mean i was there i wasn't there that long i mean my parents have a very thick new york accent yeah and i think you know i was conscious enough not to pick that oh up. so it was a it was something that ran maybe your, i mean this is um um yeah because i know a conductor down in orange county who's from texas Okay. And uh, he's kind of speaks like a Swede in a way. Interesting. Like, yeah. And so I think, I know that some people get that, you know, go to a coach and do that whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I don't, I've never thought about it. Oh. You know, whenever I travel, everybody thinks I'm Canadian for some reason. Oh, that's because you're so friendly. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> Blue eyes and friendly yeah, must be okay. Canadian. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. There are no Americans like that, you know. Uh, that's funny. You know, I don't know. So what's your next big gig? I know you sent me a... Um, you sent me a list. Yeah. I'm going to mention all this stuff in the introduction. I mean, yeah, it's just you, a fucking litany of you, success. And, and completely unnecessary. Uh, but um, I go to um, Bozeman, Montana. God damn it. I've wanted to go. F do, you, or do you fish at all? Are you a fly fisherman? I don't, but I would love to. Jesus Christ. It's You're like going to be in the those... heart of fly I know, fishing. I know. And, and uh, 
I have an open invitation from somebody there to go. Oh, oh you need to go. I go there. I, I was originally brought there. Actually, the company was started by Pablo Elvira, hmm. good friend of Placido Domingo's. They sang at the Met all the time together. Uh-huh. He moved out to Bozeman, Montana mm-hmm. and started this little company. And um, he brought all his really talented friends wow. to Bozeman to like go on a vacation. It's a I've done those programs, like the yeah. summer programs. I did one up, up uh, Bear Valley. It's this mm-hmm. Bear Valley Music Festival, and that's how they do it. It's like, yeah. come on up, we'll sing you know, a, the f- we'll sing you know, flute. And absolutely, and it's like a you're in the woods vacation. and you go fishing. And, yeah. and so I I went there originally. Uh, a friend asked me to go. Really good singer, one of my best friends, Levy Hernandez, to do something with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been going back because it's a two and a half week engagement. Yeah. So you could pretty much fit it into any schedule. Yeah. And I go up to Yellowstone. I go to the hot springs. It's just lovely. I mean, it's really great. So anyway, I am going there to do a a Giovanni. Uh I I go to um, uh, Montreal. I I recently conducted Ricky Ian Gordon's. uh, uh, I'm lucky enough to call Ricky one of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Morningstar, this great piece that I premiered at Cincinnati Opera. We're doing a sort of presentation performance at in Montreal uh-huh. at the I love Opera Montreal. America yeah. conference. Never been. Oh, it's so beautiful. I look yeah. Forward to that. You're gonna love it. Then I do um a Tosca at mm-hmm. um Cincinnati Opera. Right. Uh and then I conduct a Daughter of the Regiment at um Washington National Opera. Wow. So that takes me, you know, to Christmas and stuff. But, wow. you know, and, and, I, and I keep on saying this. And I sound like a broken record. We're so lucky to work with really talented, incredible people. Absolutely. And so I walk, even if I don't, you know, and people don't understand this. It's not just a passion. There are days you don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, you've been traveling. You just don't feel like dealing with the the complexity of problems that you face on a daily basis mm-hmm. in an opera house, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you go there and I'm always uh, invigorated by the talented people. Yeah. It's amazing. That's I what mean, brings I'm me doing, back. I'm doing uh, Daughter of the Regiment with Larry Brownlee. Wow. I mean, one yeah, of the greatest yeah. singers of our time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we get paid to do this. You know, I know. It's easy, it is easy to forget when you're super busy or you're super tired or you've done it for, you know, I've been doing, I've been in music for 20, I, I started mm-hmm. late as well. It's been about 20, 25 years mm-hmm. and I've been singing at LA Opera for 11 seasons. And when I got there, I was like, I was a principal singer at the time and it was, but it's a great gig and I don't yeah, have to leave absolutely. town. And I was like, okay, so I'll do this for a couple seasons and then mm-hmm. I'll, you know, but, now, but I love what, it, man. What, what's your next stage uh you know it's funny i think that's another thing about this podcast that or is there is like telling. this this is the other thing yeah is i feel <clears throat> like i'm in and it's because of what your manager and you're you're always thinking about what's next, what's next. What's next? What's and to next? be quite honest i hate it yeah all i want to do is make music today yeah and i don't want to think about what's happening 2019 right so, and maybe that will change and I hope it does. I yeah. think it's a personality type. Yeah. So my point is like, maybe there, you're not thinking that. No, I, what is I, next. I am. I, you know, after this, so I went down to South America to premiere a piece, um, as a soloist, um, over the summer and it, it didn't, it didn't go as, it didn't go well. Now, when you keep, you, cause you said this, the conductor times. and I had a real problem with each other. Uh huh. Now what, bad. um, 
what was the and problem? And he's a real famous conductor. Um, yeah. The composer wanted me to sing the last page a certain way, and the and conductor wanted like, me to do it another way. Put in, and so I split the difference in a way, kind of. But I didn't sing two cues the way he wanted me to sing them mm-hmm. from the podium. And when we we did our bows, I turned to shake his hand, and he turned his back on me See, in front of the audience. I, I don't get this shit. And I got fired. I was fired from the project and it went on to be recorded as a matter of fact javier camarena replaced me now was it a failure just because you were fired is that your is that why you think it was a failure i've never been fired as a singer i I have to Uh say that i i also have aptitudes for many things but Mm -hmm. but singing and musicality and being a musician are things that i really am proud of but my point is this might not have been a failure because you were because uh, I didn't get to sing with the Philharmonia in London uh-huh. a, couple, a month ago. That okay. So that because stings. of <laughs> because of things that didn't develop. That's it. You're looking at this as a failure. So what I've done is I've tried to reject what you're suggesting, and I think this podcast is part of that healing process. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm going to put everything up. Uh-huh. Barring what people don't want me to sure. broadcast and sure. have reservations about, I'm putting everything up. Whether I mispronounce something, which you make I do, up words, I make up words like you which know, I've never done in my yeah, life. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> but I put it up, and that's part of this process for me of just mm-hmm. being okay yeah. with what I have to offer. Yeah. Sometimes, furthermore, it, it, you're finding the core of who you are and not caring the response or reaction to. That's right. And the other thing that's happened since this summer is I went back into voice lessons. I Uh found a teacher that I really have a lot of confidence in. His name is Greg Geiger, if you're listening. He's in the chorus. Fantastic teacher. Oh, okay, sure. Fantastic pedagogue. And um, and I've I've taken some gigs. So I'm doing a Brahms Liebes Leader in a couple months as a soloist in a quartet. And uh, a concert, uh, a I don't, fundraiser, you know, those types of things. I don't mean to keep going back at this, yeah. but I, a personality con, uh, conflict that really you had no control over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. It's not yeah. a failure. And he was, the, this conductor was contracted for the recording and the concert at Royal Albert. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, I know, but so the composers but was hogtied as well. And he's told me that, you know, when we do a U.S. premiere that he'll have, because yeah. he wrote it for me, basically. But it's important because sometimes I think it takes other people to like come in and look at something through a different, different lenses. Yeah. Lenses. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Make, I'm making up words. Yeah, I I'm think. putting that up. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> but from an outsider point of view, somebody who's in this business. Yeah. You know, you were put in an impossible situation. Yes. You tried to do right by both the conductor and the composer. And because this conductor was a dick. Total dick. It didn't, like nothing else came of this. But to think of this as an artistic failure is, is just objectively wrong by you. Does that make sense? I no, I know because intellectually, I totally because you could have very easily just done what the conductor wanted, but you would have failed the. You would have failed the composer. Who is a friend of mine, who I honor more than this fucking asshole conductor. So my honestly. point is, when I when I look at this situation, coming from somebody who works in this sort of environment all the time, yeah, I would stop saying that this is a failure. I know. Other yeah. than that, 
it didn't work out the way it had originally been planned or that you originally yes. thought. But hell, that's fucking life. I know. Do you, do you no, understand? I know. I mean, and that even is the life. composer that's... confirmed what you're saying. I mean, he paid me my full boat for the recording and the concert that just happened yeah. a, a month. I mean, I, I got paid a fucking shit ton of yeah, money to, and flew not... first class to South America yeah. and stayed in a great fucking hotel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. and he didn't have any qualms about about that. So I I understand what you're saying, but. That's intellectual for me. The emotional part of it, though, is still... Of being asked to not do it again. Yeah, it's yeah, still... Yeah, yeah. Very, it's still... Um, it's does really this sore. Affect, does this... Will this, or do you see this affecting your current work? Uh, positively, yeah. Okay, in a good way. Okay, that was my question. Yeah, positively. I'm, I'm trying... You know, I maybe I went through a little period there that we were talking about earlier where... You know, I was a little jaded by yeah. what I do, and it happened to be in this spot. I also, just coincidentally, a week before the trip, stepped on a stingray. Oh, my so God. So my foot got infected yeah. in fucking Uruguay. Oh, God. Um, yeah, by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, you know, and the whole thing. I couldn't even put a shoe on oh my, my foot. God. The whole thing was just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And I'm alone, and we've got, yeah. a, you know, my wife's pregnant, and it's just, got it. yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it was just like the perfect storm, got you it. know. Okay. So you know, no, I'm my, trying to I'm trying to take like be prepared, I, man. And, and and I don't care how famous a conductor or a director is. We, our job is to get the best performance. Yeah, he did not out do that. of no. the singer, the orchestra, and you know, in my what I see in this situation, and knowing you. This was a failure on his part, the conductors. Oh, I forgot to tell you, on the podium, as we're bowing, before he turned his back on me, he said, you almost ruined this whole performance. He said that as the audience was on their feet, we got a seven-minute ovation for this. It's a beautiful piece. Yeah. And uh, he just, man. I but my point is it's important to remember that there are shortcomings of other people that you can't control. Yeah, right. But that doesn't make it your problem. Right, right. That's really important. I, I, mean, I may I suffer with this the consequences, the, I, but it's not correct. my problem. Yeah. And, and I deal with this all a lot. Mm -hmm. I deal with this a lot, that there are shortcomings of, uh, let's say, uh, a director or, or whatever. That, We've like, worked with a few. Who, yeah. who I work with. Yeah. Um, and it's important to go there and do your job and not let their shortcomings become your problem. And now being a that's codependent, what talk, that's what we were talking now, about. This is something, you know, for me, it's like, I take on everybody's responsibility. Yes. I completely shut down my own issues because I want to help own, everybody. Yes. Yes. And the, the, the problem with this is that that's where it's a failure for me yeah. in my heart. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And it's important to remember, you know, if you go there, you do your job. You're well prepared. You are you, and you're honest to who you are. Yes. Um, that was a, a situation that was completely out of your control. Yeah, it just happened to be like at the one of the best gigs I'd ever gotten. Of course, you know. So just everything just yeah. made it really you know, and, and smart. This is, you know, and I, I have to remember this too. If I'm having a bad day. Uh, in six years, <laughs> I mean, yeah. who gives a shit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 who, yeah. who cares? Well, and, I'm, I'm, and, I'm confident that my son will fall flat on his face today at some point. Yeah, of course. And, and so, and, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's shit to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the other thing, what's really great about our business, um, 
I, I absolutely, it, this is true for everything in every business and everything uh, anybody does or, or the way they live their life. As long as every day we are working to be better. That's now this, it. this is as a musician, this mm-hmm. is as a friend, this as a is human. As, so every, mm-hmm. as a human being, mm-hmm. that's all we can do. And that's the only thing we have control over. Now, when we stop improving, that's when we fail. That's right. So, you know, after every engagement, even a great success with great reviews and stuff, I have on my computer, I, I write, you know, what did I learn from this engagement? What did I not do well? What, what is it that I could do for the next gig that will be better because of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Very hard. Yeah, I mean, me if, if a cast thinks I'm, and I, I say this, if, if a singer thinks I'm going at them mm-hmm. uh, because I know they're capable of so much more, I always say like, I'm, I'm 10 times harder on myself than I ever have been on a singer, you know? Mm-hmm. If we are working to improve and to be better that's all that matters. And even if we're an asshole today, mm-hmm. tomorrow is like a new day where we can start that that process of improving. Right. I think people get to the uh, a certain degree of success where that isn't at the forefront of their mind. And so that they stop improving. And I think this is the greatest travesty with success is you feel as well, though... Well, everybody wants to get to a place and Absolutely. once you feel you're at that place yeah also people buy into the bullshit that's right to, to and be, their own to press totally too. Yeah, honest yeah, yeah i mean you you said something about like the accomplishments and, and that's great and i'm very happy but like it doesn't mean anything and when i walk into my next rehearsal that's the only thing that matters mm-hmm. is how my next performance is going to go it doesn't matter that i got that award or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just Am I going to walk into this room and make this project I'm involved with the best it can be? And can I find the the sentence to say to that singer that's going to unlock a possibility of singing that they never thought possible? That sounds very grandiose. But we, we were doing, uh, I was going over uh, uh, Una Fortiva Lagrima mm-hmm. with, with Josh yesterday mm-hmm. in, in Elixir of Love. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody, many times a bel canto singing, the highest note is never the top of the phrase. Mm-hmm. It, it's still, it, it goes somewhere later on in the measure when it goes down lower. So, una fortiva lagrima. Mm-hmm. Everybody spends time on that F because yeah. that's difficult placement, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you think of that as an upbeat going to lagrima, all of a sudden your body and your breath works differently and you can sing the F without a problem. Right. Because you're not focusing, you're focusing on the phrase rather than the note. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and furthermore, you know, uh, adina credimi, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. If you go adina credimi, you won't be able to sing well, but if you know, even though it's the higher note, if you're thinking of the phrase where it's going, Mm -hmm. the importance, Mm mm-hmm. Like now this concept, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it'll change the way you sing bel canto music. It'll change the way you uh, sing Verdi. It's all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like I had a real breakthrough moment with Josh yesterday and like, that's amazing. Yeah. And that I can walk into a coaching and help somebody to become a better version of themselves. And that only happens when I am constantly trying to figure out how to be a better version of myself. 
mean, that's very philosophical and all no. this shit, but I mean, it's like, it's real. It, 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 yeah. You know, and I think, you know, genius, um, it's not just, it's a, I, I, I was thinking about this on my run yesterday when I was about to die. <laughs> and I think about this all the time. I box mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, during my run, when I was about to die, I realized that I was about to die a little longer into the run than I did a month ago. Right. Or when I'm boxing, I'm like, okay, by the third sparring round in the past, I'm like keeled yeah. over yeah, yeah, and I'm going to throw up like concrete. And now like, like I could like get through the third round and I'm tired, but, but that improvement is everything. Mm-hmm. That's, imp- oh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I got to hone this in. My other problem is my mind goes a million miles an hour yeah. Yeah. and I have a hard time filtering. Um, we were talking about, um, uh, uh, improvement, improvement, improvement. This will be funny for your listeners. <laughs> uh, give me, give me a sec. Uh, About the concept of genius? Genius. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, people who I'll consider like a genius or, or like masters of what they do mm-hmm. is just somebody that it's a combination of intellect, mm-hmm. um, desire to get better, mm-hmm. natural ability, and more importantly, they figured out a system that works for them to do something better because your system to improve or to learn a score better or is going to be unique to to you. Mm-hmm. But we all need to figure out what is our process that is individual to us that helps us to do our job better. Mm-hmm. And when all those things come together with experience and a desire to be better all the time, that's genius. And, and I mean, that's, and that's Placido Domingo because it's his voice but his voice only with the the sincerity of his work, his stagecraft, his personality. It's like all those things combined create a genius. And if he just had that voice, but he didn't have the intellect, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be possible. If he, if he had um, the intellect without the and desire. the voice mm-hmm. without the desire, it wouldn't be him. If you had mm-hmm. all those three, but it wasn't who he was as a person, it wouldn't be a genius. So... Uh, you know, a genius is like, in my opinion, the combination of all those things, mm-hmm. you know, so self-improvement. Well, man, it's <laughs> I, nice. it sounds like a, like I, I'm, I'm pushing a book that I haven't yet written, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got to tell you, it's nice to be sitting across from a genius. Oh, because well, I see I, those uh, things in you. Well, and I, I know it's I, your that's, job to I don't deny think, that, but <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, it's funny. I get to a lot of places and, um, I get along with singers very well because, um, once again, it's not about this is the way I think Verdi needs to be done. I'm like, these are the two, three, four ways that I, in my opinion, Verdi, this is what his intention was, Mm -hmm. but let's find the way that it makes it work for you and Mm -hmm. that you can do it and that you're convinced by it. Mm -hmm. I get along with singers well. And, um, uh, a lot of times singers talk, you know, after half uh, during the break, singers will talk and oh god this conductor is a prick this director yeah, doesn't yeah. know what he or yeah. she is doing yeah, and yeah, yeah. uh a chorus you know you know it you guys they, after one Dude, rehearsal it horrible yeah. i know <laughs> a bunch of vipers yeah, I know. <laughs> um and um uh i get to an engagement and people i get this oh i've heard a lot of great things about you mm-hmm and I'm always like, oh God, <laughs> like, the bar has been set too high. So instead of a genius, I'm, I'm somebody who is, uh, I think, 
um, devoted and I love making music and I want to do it at the highest level possible. Well, it really shows, That's man. That's it. <laughs> hey, listen, I really want to thank you for coming all the way over. Yeah. I know it was a schlep uh, oh, no. in this town. Okay. And I, you know, I think you're great, man. And oh, I really thanks. appreciate you being on the show. Well, I look forward to working uh, in this business with you. Yeah, so. me too. Thanks, Chris. All right. See ya. <laughs>